And we're going to read verses 27 through 30. Again, that's Matthew 27. 27 through 30. And the word of God reads like this. It says, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters. And they gathered the whole battalion before him and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him, and they took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. But verses 28 and 29 says, And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting a crown of thorns. Somebody say a crown of thorns. Crown of thorns. They set it upon the crown of his head. And they hammered it into place. I want you to think about a crown of thorns around Jesus' head. They positioned it. And then they hit it into his skin of skull. So that it would be fastened in to his head. First Peter chapter 5 verses 4 says, And when the chief shepherd appears, somebody say Jesus. Don't be scared, say Jesus. You too will receive an unfading crown of glory. Somebody say an unfading crown. Somebody say an unfading crown. The crown of life. You know, what, what we all envision ourselves receiving from God when Jesus Christ returns for the church. It's the ultimate prize. The Bible calls the crown of life imperishable. He calls the crown of life unfading. The crown of life is royalty. The Bible calls our crown that we will receive at the revelation of Jesus Christ our boasting. It's what we will boast about. He calls it the great testimony of the Christian. He calls it holy, but let us not forget the ultimate rep representation of the crown is that that is one of thorns. One that hurts to have. One that is trying to wear. One that is costing to represent. One that is a sacrifice to have. You know, it's surely the glory of our present existence, but it is also the honor of our eternity, the crown, the unfading crown of glory. And this evening, I want to share with you the precious crown that you and I will receive at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ comes for the church, you shall be given the crown of glory. And what are you running after, church? The glory of wearing the crown one day soon or the honor that we are chosen, you know, to receive it. You know, I, I don't want a career more than I want the crown. I don't want the things of this world more than I want the crown of glory. I don't want the credit of people more than I want the crown of glory. The Bible states that Jesus received the crown of thorns and it wasn't a crown of comfort. 
It wasn't a lightweight crown. It wasn't something that was uh, put on with double-sided tape. It was a crown that was fastened into the skin of Jesus. It, it was a crown that caused one to bleed. And see, in today's, today and age, Christians aren't ready to receive the crown. They're not ready to bleed for the crown. They're not ready to pay the price for the crown. Christianity has been uh, brought down, uh, has been uh, intended to bring down to a low of, of thinking that we don't have to sacrifice anything for the crown. That we don't have to hurt at times for the crown. That we don't have to be persecuted at times for the crown. Today in age we feel a little bit of resistance and we drop the crown and run. We drop the promise that one day Jesus Christ is going to crown us with unfading glory. What is worth more to you? What the world has to offer or what is coming to you at the revelation of Jesus? When you have the crown, the unfading glory of God that will be given to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, you're not worried about who's leaving you in this life. You're not worried about what you're losing in this life. You're not worried about what you can gain in this life. And all, we know that all things come from God. Every good gift is from above. We know that. But it's, it's not my mission. It's not my vision. My vision is to receive the unfading crown of glory from Jesus at its revelation. Amen. And many of us, we, we want the crown, but we don't want to pay the price. 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 There's a woman of God back in the 70s and she says, You see me flowing and moving in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You see me like a prophet on this stage and, and you say, Wow, she moves with such prestige, but it comes with a cost. Amen. It comes with a cost. This is not something that you just buy at Walmart. You know, to walk in the anointing of this crown, it, it, it's, a, it's a big, big Big sacrifice. And as Christians, the sacrifice doesn't just start at the pulpit. It starts in your life. The sacrifice as a Christian is not just in serving in the church. It's living the lifestyle outside the church. Amen. It's giving up the things that your flesh desires and giving into your spirit. Obeying God, obeying the spirit of God and, and, and giving your life up uh, you know, to the Lord as a living sacrifice. Anybody can, can die. You know, but it only takes a person, a real person, a real, uh, uh, a courageous person to live for God. Hallelujah. It takes a real courageous person to live for God. And I'm striving for the crown, church. I'm striving for the crown because it is my glory. I don't care about social status. I don't care about a, a big bank account. I'm striving for the crown. For the crown that I will receive at the revelation of Jesus Christ is my glory. The joy of my patience. It is the joy of why I was patient all the days of my life leading up to Jesus coming back for me. When I receive the crown of glory, that will be all worth it. It would have been worth it. All of the darts that the enemy threw at me. Every time that I felt like giving up and I didn't. Every time I felt uh, the need to cry or I broke or I felt lonely or I felt abandoned but I still hung on to the Lord. It will be all worth it in that day when the crown of life 
is given to me. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. That is the joy, the patience, the fruit of my faith. The crown of glory will be the fruit of my faith. But most of all, it will be the reward of my labor in the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the product of my tears. The reason I endured the criticism. The reason I endured the abandonment. The reason that I went through the shame. The reason I passed through persecution. The agony of my flesh. The separation I held fast to. The reason I endured the falls. Ebenezer, up to here the Lord has not abandoned me. Up to here the Lord has helped me. Somebody bless the name of the Lord. The glory and honor be to the King of Kings who was and is to come. I want the crown of life. That's what I'm running after. I want the crown. I want the crown. Your crown is prepared, but only the courageous take it by force. And I'm not, I'm in it for the long run. I ain't stopping now. I've come too far to give up my crown. Understand this. You've come too far to give up your crown. You've gone through days of temptation and you've gone too far in your victory to give up your crown. And you say, Pastor, while I fell, while you've come too far in how much you've learned and the lessons that God has given you for you to turn back and give up your crown. Don't tell me, well, Pastor, I'm failing at the moment. No, don't you wait until the trump of God sounds. No, there's a crown waiting for you right now. Jew, Gentile, you know, perfect, unperfect. The crown of life is for all who believe. And I've been through some storms in my life. I've crossed through valleys in my Christian life. And I've sur survived some deserts. Want me to tell you why I have? Because I want a crown. I want a crown. Want to know why I've gone through criticism? Because I want a crown. Want to know why that, you know, I, I've trusted the Lord in having nothing? Because I want a crown. Your mission has to be the crown. I want the crown of life. I want the crown of life. When the enemy tries to get you down, say, no, I'm, I'm running for the crown. I'm running for the crown. And guess what? Those that run after the crown, there ain't no second or third place. We all come in first. Understand it. We all come in first. Ain't nobody going to get there better than we do. We're all going to get there crawling on our knees. <laughs> Scrapes and bumps. <laughs> hurts and pains. But I'm running after the crown. I'm running after a crown. Sometimes we measure. I'm not a good Christian. I, I better stop while I'm at it. No, don't you stop while you're at it. You want a crown. This is not about who's going to get there perfect. God just wants you to get there eager. God wants you to get there desperate. Saying, I made it. Come on, somebody. I, I, I want to get to getting the crown saying, I made it. Not walking in all prideful and egoistic. No, I want to get... Getting to the crown by saying, I made it. I don't care if I had to drag myself there. I don't care if I had to crawl to the crown, but I made it. That's why we're going through everything we're going through. Because we want a crown. There ain't no first or second place in this race. We shall cross all together. Declare with me, I want a crown. Who are the people that will receive the crown of life? Number one is this. The ones who will receive the crown of life are the ones who remain steadfast. The ones who remain steadfast will receive the crown of life. Those who live their life, the Christian life, steadfast upon the Lord. What does the Bible say? He who keeps his mind stayed on the Lord. 
he will remain in perfect peace. He will keep in perfect peace. James 1.12 declares, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. I want you to notice something. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Somebody say, under trial. Somebody say, under trial. For when he has stood the test. What test is he talking about? Because it feels like we've gone through a hundred already. He's talking about one test. When Jesus Christ comes back. That's the test you should be worrying about. That is the test you should be studying for. <laughs> come on somebody, because the test is going to come. What you're feeling right now are trials and tribulations. But there's coming a test. And God's not going to say, you know, come down and, and say, you know, here, here's the paper, take the test. Let's see if you uh, pass the test. No, he just wants to, to see, will you be steadfast under trial? Steadfast under trial. Because when the test comes, when you have stood the test, you will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Somebody say, what's the answer to the test? Say, what is the answer to the test? Love Him. To those who love Him. I, I, it's beautiful to think if Jesus Christ comes for us and we're in church. How beautiful would that be, right? If Jesus Christ came back for us while we're in church. Right? If Jesus Christ came back for us while we were, uh, you know, in the morning asleep, while we're asleep. Or if Jesus Christ came back to us, you know, for us while we're in evangelism. Wouldn't that be beautiful, right? But he's not talking about finding you when you are most likely at your best. Jesus Christ is coming back for a church when you are most likely waited to be your worst. <laughs> if Jesus Christ was coming back for us only when we were at church, oh, we'd all be at church on Sunday. But the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. He comes like a thief in the night. Wait, that means that we, start have, we need to start having church at night. <laughs> but the term and expression that Jesus Christ, he's going to come back like a thief in the night. But the Bible also declares one will be out in the field. One will be out in the market. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. The fading crown, unfading crown of life that's coming to you is not going to come to you when you're at your best. The test of, of life that when we receive the crown is when you, you don't even know if you'll be at Walmart. You don't know if you're going to be washing your car. You're not going to know if you're going to be out in the marketplace or, or if you're going to be uh, out in evangelism or here at church or asleep. But what matters is that you will pass the test of life, that your heart would be right with God. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. The one who remains steadfast will receive the crown of life. The one who remains steadfast is not the one who acts steadfast, the one that receives the crown of life. It is. Understand this. Two things. We're not only supposed to act steadfast, but we are also supposed to remain steadfast. Two things. 
Write these things down. These th two things down. They're very important. Don't just act steadfast. Live steadfast. Many times we do a good talk. I'm waiting on Jesus. I'm waiting on Jesus. But your actions are not waiting on Jesus. The way you're living is not waiting on Jesus. Amen? So not only are you supposed to talk as if you're waiting on Jesus, but you're all supposed to live like you're waiting on Jesus. Church, don't, don't just let us be Christians of talk. Let us be Christians of doing. Amen? Doers of the word. Not just talkers of the word. We know a lot of verses, but how many of those verses do you apply? If there's one thing that you should apply, is being ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be ready for the coming of Jesus. We read all throughout the Old Testament when God pressed the people of Israel. Moments that, Jesus, that God hard pressed the people. The times God put them through the fire. And there is a word that was used to distinguish these people. The ones that were left were called remnant. Somebody say remnant. Through everything you shall endure, can you remain? That is the question. I believe with all my heart that God is preparing a pouring out over those who have remained steadfast. You might say, Pastor, I've fallen so many times. You know, I, I've said a couple bad words since I gave my heart to Jesus. <laughs> it's okay to laugh because I, I know that uh, we're not perfect. And you're probably asking the question, can I be a part of the remnant? If I have failed at times. But if you read very carefully about the remnant, the remnant people in the book of Haggai were a remnant people that at one point, they were lazy at one point. The remnant people of God were people that were broken at one point. That were rebellious at one point. That were hard-headed at one point. And just let me say this. Being a remnant people doesn't mean you live perfect. It means that you make it through. Let me say it again. Being a remnant people doesn't mean that you, you are perfect. You made it out perfectly. Being a remnant people is that you made it through. You believe God and you didn't give up. I pray that you would not listen to the voices that treat you as if you, were never, you will never change in this life. I pray that you would begin to block out the condemnation of the enemy that tells you you're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. This, you'll never get this right. You'll never be good enough for God's you know, grace and God's goodness. No. You say, I'm going to keep on trying until Jesus Christ comes back. I'm going to keep on pushing. I'm going to keep on pressing because the remnant people aren't supposed to come before God perfect. Heaven is not looking for perfect people. Heaven is waiting for a, a people that are broken before God's presence that are humbled before his sight we probably might come to the kingdom of God with scrapes but there God will give us a new body come on somebody bless the name of the Lord God will give us a new a new body a new being in him I don't care what you've done I don't care where you've been you've heard me say this many times I don't care what you've carried I've come to tell you tonight that you are the remnant of God what do you have to do Get up, hold on, and revive the fire. Get up, hold on, and revive the fire. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says, Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Somebody say the crown of righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, 
Right there, there's the key. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, not your friends, not your brother, not the people, not society, the Lord, the righteous judge, he who has the power to judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Look at that. Who loved his appearing. Are you loving his appearing? The enemy will always try to determine your credibility as a crown holder by your perfection. When God has already determined it by his perfection. The righteousness of his son. You know, you got to get up, stand up, and keep going. Jesus Christ is almost here. Yes, it is a crown of righteousness. One I cannot perfectly live up for, but it is his grace that proves me, confirms me, affirms me in him. You need to become a remnant people of God. One that responds, that, that stops sluggardly walking in the Lord Jesus Christ. But that you would walk towards the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would rather arrive crawling than to think that I can't have not uh, come to the Lord if I didn't come perfectly. I would rather come crawling. I would rather come barely making it to the finish line. <laughs> than to think that I have to come perfect. God just wants you to make it. He wants you to make it. And you say, well, pastor, does that mean that I don't have to give it my very best? You give it your very best. But seven times a man shall fall and seven times he should get back up. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It is God that determines the righteousness. Amen. Yeah. We are made righteous through him. Not by your works, by faith. Yeah. Again, let me say that again because I pray that you get that in your spirit and it becomes a doctrinal value for you. You are made righteous by faith in Christ. Not made righteous by works in Christ. You are made righteous by faith in Christ. All who believe, not all who work. All who believe in the Son shall be saved. All who believe in the Son shall be saved. And that means if I got to come crawling. Maybe you're dealing with something that's repetitive in your life and you're really praying on it. You're really praying, God, break this chain in my life. You're giving it your very best. There are times where God leaves a thorn in our flesh and I don't understand why. Maybe you're dealing with poverty at the moment. You're saying, I want to be rich. I want this. I want that. And God says, no, this is the thorn for now. But there's a reason why God has allowed things to be in your life the way that they are. Maybe you're dealing with a health issue. You find it to be a thorn in your flesh. God is trying to test you. Is my crown worth more? So much more that you wouldn't give up. What if I don't give you the house you asked for? What if I don't give you the healed back you asked for? What if I don't give you the job you asked for? Is my crown good enough? Is the crown of life worth it? It's very much worth it. Because if it's not worth it, I'd be doomed to hell. Anything other than hell in God is worth it. <laughs> Anything other than hell. And there's one thing that's better than it. The crown of life. Our name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Yeah. And sometimes we act like, if, well, if I don't got a house, well, then ni modo. There's something better than hell. And it's not your house. It's not your car. It's not a healed back. It's not a job. It's not a career. It's not waking up in a mansion. It's not driving a Bentley. It's knowing your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And that at the appearing of Jesus Christ, 
a crown would be given to you. And I pray with all of my heart that you would begin to have that hope, that peace. You don't need stuff. You just need Christ. Who are they that receive the crown? Number two, the ones who strive orderly after it. Look at 2 Timothy 2.5 declares, An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Let me say it again. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Say with me, true grace. True authentic grace will ask you for your best, not your worst. You know, I believe in this strong truth. If you're not satisfied with the way you are executing your spiritual success, do not sluggard in false grace. But reevaluate the rules that you are abiding by. Don't just say, I tried, I couldn't, so I won't. But learn to respond by saying, I tried, I couldn't, but I'll learn. Let me say it again. Don't just start getting used to, I tried, I couldn't, so I won't. You got to start getting used to living your life in faith by saying, I tried. And maybe at times I couldn't do it, but I'm going to learn how. I'm going to learn how to live right for God. I'm going to learn how to obey God's word. I'm going to learn how to serve Him with all of my heart, soul, and mind and strength. I'm going to learn. Quit being on the losing team and, and excusing as to why you're on the losing team. I don't care if you didn't make a point. You're on the winning team regardless. I don't care if you messed up today. You're still on the winning team by grace, by God's mercy, by God's favor. Amen? Don't look back and say, I should have tried. No, you keep on trying now. And don't you hear the voices that say, stop, stop. Nah, just stop, stop. No, 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 you keep going. Keep going, keep believing God. Just thank God you're not the same person as yesterday. Every day you give it your best for God, you're getting better in Him. You're striving more orderly. You're getting wiser in Him. You're getting smarter in God. You're becoming more determined in God. The more you go around in that track and you're believing and you're, you're practicing and you're an athlete that strives orderly, you know, you're getting better at this life. Don't just expect to do a home run on your first, you know, swing with the bat. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run their very best to win? But only one receives the prize. The Bible says, run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. Run it like, it, like you want to win it. Run it like you want to win it. Run it like you want to win it. And you might say, man, some people are running it way better than me. But you are running it the best you can to win it. To win it. So it's such a hard thing at times to explain to somebody that says, but I'm messing up. What matters, are you running it like you want to win it? If you put two runners side by side, and they both run it the best that they can, some say, well, one's going to win. The other one's going to lose. Or maybe they, they might come out in a tie. Either one of the two options. One's winning or they're tying. If they tied, did they both try? Oh, you bet they did. If one win and one loses, did they both give it their very best? They did. See, in this world, we measure winning by who's first and last. But in the kingdom of God, there ain't no first and last. When, when Jesus Christ comes back, there's not going to be like, uh, 
uh, those that never said a cuss word get to be lifted up first. <laughs> right? Are, are we all in agreement? Those that never stole a chocolate bar in their life. For those that are viewing online, I'm pointing at my sister because she went home one time with the chocolate bar. I did. We shared it. The only difference is I didn't know you stole it. <laughs> you know, those that haven't done this, they're in second place. Those that haven't done this, they're in third place. Those that haven't done these things are in fifth place. God's not measuring who he's coming back for by grades. No, he's coming back for a church without blemish and without spot. And many times we get afraid because we say, well, then who is qualified? Sometimes we think it would be better to have a grade so that we know what we're actually striving for. But right now at times we feel like, I don't even know if I'm going to make it. Oh, the beauty of faith. I don't even know if I'm, I mean, I mess up, I do good at times, I, I try my best. I don't know if I'm going to make it. It's, what are the beauty of faith? Even I, as a pastor, I got to have faith that Christ is coming back for me. Because I'm giving it my very best. In reality, if at times I could be honest with you, even in myself, at times, as much as you probably say, man, pastor, he must be, you know, way up there. Even at times I say, if the Lord came back, I hope I'm ready. If I feel that being in the place that I am at, then you should not be discouraged in yourself. Because if I have faith that the Lord will come even for me, you should have faith that the Lord will come for you too. What is the test? The test is not a grade. It's for those who love him. And yes, the word says, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commands. He said that, and I, I hold dear to that. But at times, my flesh gets the best of me. At times, my mind gets the best of me. I'd be a fool to tell you that it didn't. At times, life gets the best of me. But then once again, I, I recognize the mercy of God that I'm still alive. That I still have uh, oxygen in my lungs. That my heart is still beating. And right at that very moment I, I close my eyes or I lift my hands to heaven. And I say God thank you Lord for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Don't you ever skip out on a moment where you feel like you need to just give God thanks that you're alive. That you still have time. That you still have an opportunity. Come on somebody bless the name of the Lord. The Bible says that the ones who strive orderly will receive the crown. The ones who strive orderly. It's time to strive orderly. When an athlete, whether in a singular fashion or as a team, receives the rematch, they always go in saying, I'm going to win. Always go in in the rematches saying, you're going to win. You might have lost it the first time, but go in in the rematch saying, I'm going to win it this time. And every time you go in on the rematch, you're going to win it. It always brings me back to the fight of Juan Manuel Marquez and Pacquiao. They fought four times. Four times. And every time, Juan Manuel Marquez said, no, I want it, I want it, and, and he would lose it. I want to wonder why, why do people even go for rematches anymore? 
Because the one that's really determined going into the rematch is saying, I'm going to win it this time. I'm going to win it this time. And don't you give up. You might say, I've been dealing with this. This is like my 30th time on this, but I'm trying. You don't stop trying. Because God sees your faith and you're trying. God sees your faith and your commitment to say, I'm not going to give up. I'm going back into the battle. I'm going to hold my sword again. I'm going to hold it up again. I'm going to give it my very best one more time. That's what it's all about. If you think I've gotten to where I'm at today by getting it perfect on the first try, you got, a, you got it mistaken. There was times where I had to try over and over and over and over and over. It was like Groundhog Day the movie. If, if y'all can go back to, if you know that old movie Groundhog Day, you know, where it was, he relived the day over and over and over and over and he's trying to get the day right. There was times where I was doing it over and over and over. And I would say to myself, uh, you know, today I'm going to do it right. And, and then I would mess up. And today, I'm, then one day, just I wasn't out of the blue. I found the victory of God. I found the victory of God. I would rather God come back for his church and I be a part of that church while I'm saying I'm trying, I'm trying. And, and you know, I messed up and I'm trying again, I'm trying again. Then to say, you know what, I didn't get it right the first three times. So, you know, ni modo, whatever. No, you give it your very best on the rematches. You give it your very best every time you walk into the battlefield. Say, I'm not, I'm going to try again until I get it right. Amen. Strive orderly. Who are they who receive the crown? Number three, those who hold fast to the crown. Revelation chapter 3 verses 11 says, I am coming soon. How many know he's coming soon? Yeah. I was having breakfast with my father-in-law this morning and he said, he told me, I remember prophesying or speaking to young people in the ministry when I was younger and now they're pastors. Now they're pastors or they're serving in ministry or I get to visit their church at an old age, but he said, but you, mijo, I believe Jesus Christ is coming back before you are going to get old. And a part of me says, I, I, I kind of want to get old, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and give it my very best until my last breath. That's a great challenge I'd love to be up for. But if the Lord comes in my youth, then so be it. I'm going to give him my life as long as I shall live and as long as he allows me to be here on earth until he calls me to glory. But until then, the Bible says, hold fast to what you have. Hold fast to what you have. He says, for I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may take your crown. Pastor Adrian Rogers explained the decisions we make in the faith and how to make the right ones by living according to this truth. The decisions we make should always be analyzed on this point. Is what I am doing or going to do worth being qualified the reason why Jesus gave his son on the, on the cross of Calvary? Why God gave his son Jesus on the cross of Calvary? You see, to hold fast is to determine ultimately the worth of your crown. Yes, I could steal, but is it worth my crown? I can cheat. But is it worth my crown? I could go there, but is it worth my crown? I could do these things, but is it worth my crown? In every decision you make in this life, you got to put it on the balance of the crown. 
crown on one part of the balance and put what you want or want to do or want to become or want to be on the other side of the balance. And you got to ask yourself, which one do you want more? And the Bible says that out of your heart, the mouth speaks. Amen? The Bible says where your treasures are, there your heart is. Amen? Where is all your treasure at? Is it on the crown of a life or is it on that? Because you're going to see that if it's on those things, that's going to win. It's going to be more heavy than your crown. But when your crown is more heavier than the things you want, the crown always wins. I pray that you would begin to wake up every morning saying the crown is more important to me. The crown is more important to me. The crown is more important to me. And the Bible says, and I am coming soon. Jesus said, I am coming soon. Hold fast to what you have so that no one may take it from you. So that no one may take it from you. I want you to stand to your feet with me right now as we come to a close. Somebody say the crown of life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Mijo, if you can help me out with worship. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 19 through 20. Gives us a revelation of who we are to God. He says, for what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before the Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Look at it again. It says, for what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before the Lord Jesus that is coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and our joy. What was Paul saying at this moment? He was looking at the people and he was saying to them, for what is our joy or crown of boasting before the Lord? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. When I look at each and every one of you, I see a piece of my crown that's completed. When I see you broken before the presence of the Lord, when I see you in action in your faith, when I hear the testimonies, when I hear you holding on and hanging on to the faith and believing God, it's a part of my crown that I'm saying, God, I'm living for the crown. When I see my wife on fire and I see our home in that peace and enjoy and everything is functioning the way that God is destined for it to be, I see my crown fulfilled. When I see my personal life overcoming obstacles and trials and temptations, I see a part of the crown I'm fulfilling. The Lord says, you are that crown for Him. The glory of Jesus is going to be found with you. You see, when the rapture comes, Jesus picks up His church. You are going to be the glory of Christ. You are going to be the glory of Christ. When you are lifted up, Jesus fulfilled now to be able to come back and establish his kingdom. I pray that you would begin to live as if the crown means something to you. That you would no longer put your eyes on vanity. That you would no longer put your eyes on worthless things. Fruitless decisions. But that you would begin to say, God, what matters to me is the crown. 
What matters to me is the crown of life, the crown of glory. How many want that crown tonight? Just raise your hand with me and just worship him. Worship him if you want that crown. Just worship him as, as the crown is your goal. Some of you here tonight, you're saying, Pastor, I've, I've been in the rematch a lot. I've been rematching this a lot. I, and every time I'm getting back up to try again and believe God again and just press forward. Maybe you're saying, Pastor, I'm getting tired of the rematches. I'm, I'm getting tired of going in there and trying again. Maybe you're on the verge of throwing your talent giving up tonight as you raise your hand I believe with all of my heart that the power of God and strength and power ability wisdom and knowledge will come to rest over your life to help you through life's difficult seasons Father, right now you see every heart in this place. They're going through difficult times, God. But tonight is a reminder, Lord, of what means the most to us, and that is the crown of life. The crown of life. God, just as those thorns, that crown of thorns was pressed into your head, at times we feel like the crown of thorns is pressed into our flesh. It hurts to wear the crown at times. It, it's a sacrifice to wear the crown at times. At times our spirit hurts, Father, because wearing the crown is hard. It's difficult. And it doesn't become easier when the, the, the condemner of the brethren comes to condemn. begins to make me feel as if I'm not worthy well guess what God I'm not worthy but you're worthy I'm not perfect but you're perfect I'm no good you're good God I rely on your perfection I rely on your goodness Right now, just as you are at all with God's presence, I want you to just raise your hand and just praise Him because of His righteousness. Just worship Him because of His righteousness. Worship Him because of the faith that you have in His Son. And because of it, you are made righteous right now. Don't you stop trying. Don't you stop giving it your very best. There is a crown of life that is waiting for you. There is a crown that is waiting for you. Don't you give up now. You've come too far to give up. You have come too far to throw in your towel. The devil's a liar. You've come too far to go back. You've come too far to give up. You've come too far to give into your misery again. 
break out of it break out of that trance break out of those thoughts ask God to rescue you out of those feelings of anxiety of depression of heaviness and burden oh he said take my burden for it is light and my yoke for it is easy oh father this evening the crown is our goal and the pressure Lord to live up to people's standards father we just release that pressure right now God Lord we just want to be ready for your coming we want our hearts to be prepared at your coming Lord you are worthy of it all God come on just praise him take a moment to praise him take a moment to praise him for his righteousness for his goodness come on lift up your voice out of the fruit of your lips just give him your best praise just praise him at your best there's a crown of a life and it hasn't been easy it hasn't been easy wearing that crown it hasn't been easy wearing that crown but you're gonna make it you're gonna make it I don't know if anybody's told you this week but you're gonna make it when Jesus Christ comes back you're gonna make it I believe it I declare it by faith over your life you're gonna make it at the revelation of Jesus you're gonna make it God has a plan for your life God has a plan for your home God has a plan for your family you are not staying you are going to be lifted up with the church oh father we believe you tonight God we believe you tonight Lord we give you thanks God for your righteousness for your mercy God for your grace and there is therefore no more condemnation for those who are Christ in Christ Jesus father tonight we give you thanks for your word such hope that we have you said I'm coming soon hold fast to what you have so that no one may take your crown father what hope we have in that that saying that you are coming soon give us the strength to hold fast give us the strength to hold fast to what we have in you that no one may take our crown that nothing may take our crown that no problem would take our crown that no trial may take our crown father teach us how to remain steadfast upon your word teach us how to remain steadfast father for those that feel discouraged your word says in Isaiah chapter 26 that you keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on you. You keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on you, God. Father, we give you glory and honor for this word tonight. Can we say holy and holy there is no one like you there is none beside open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you 
thank you tonight God for your word God as your word God was preached Lord Jesus give us a strength Lord to hold our crown Lord give us a strength Lord to continue God to get to that goal God we give you honor we give you glory to you Lord Jesus as we walk out of this place God protect us God let your tribal mercies go with us, Lord. And we give you honor and we give you glory. In the people of God's name, amen. God bless you.